Welcome back to another episode of I Don't Know with Samantha George. This is the podcast where we talk about life, the paranormal, conspiracy theories, and occasionally have some deep conversations. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, this is a Valentine's Day special. You're welcome. I honestly hope you aren't listening to this episode on Valentine's Day, but if you are, hey, hi, join the gang. It's no biggie. With that being said, since it's Valentine's Day and love is literally everywhere, yuck. You know, it wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't put a little bit of a twist in it, if we didn't see Valentine's Day for what it really is. And that is a mess of human emotions. And hence, we're going to be talking about true crime this Valentine's Day. Precisely the Valentine's Day Massacre. was a snowy morning on the 14th of February 1929. People were huddled at coffee shops, couples were out in the streets and the world seemed quite in love. However, Chicago was experiencing life quite differently, specifically a red brick warehouse at 2122 North Clark Street in Chicago. In the warehouse was John May, an auto mechanic, Frack and Pete Gussenberg, James Clark and Radhart Schwimmer, a young optometrist. And the thing that they all had in common was that they were gangsters. And as for the optometrist, he just liked the thrill of sharing his company with gangsters. And as he should be honest. So these gangsters belonged to the Northside gang that was led under mobster George Bugs Moran. George Clarence Bugs Moran was born as Leo Cunnin and was an American Chicago Prohibition era gangster. He was incarcerated three times uh, before his 21st birthday, so you know he had quite the rep. He also had a well known rivalry with El Capone. Alphonse Gabriel Capone, or otherwise known as Scarface, was an American gangster and businessman who attained notoriety during the Prohibition era and was the co-founder and boss of the Chicago outfit. His seven-year-old reign as a crime boss ended when he went to prison at the age of 33. So Capone was not really, you know, your run-of-the-mill gangster. He came from quite humble beginnings, climbed his way up the mob ladder, and eventually took control of the mob scene in the whole of Chicago. He even got quite the rep for donating to various charities and got the title of the modern-day Robin Hood. But there was one wrong move, he made one wrong move that made his Robin Hood title become redundant and was dubbed as the public enemy number one quite Harry Potter of it to be honest but yes you know that was done. Now you must be wondering why did Scarface come into the picture it was well it was speculated that Al Capone uh, conducted a spectacular gangland slaying in mob history that however happened to be somewhat of a failure. So now I don't know if y'all remember but yeah remember the red brick warehouse that the gangsters were chilling at well they were to meet george moran who had been running a bit late right when moran's car turned into the corner of north clark 2122 he and his lackeys willie marx and ted newsbury spotted a police wagon rolling up into the warehouse where the gangsters were chilling figuring out figuring that it was just a bus he watched as five men including three dressed in police uniforms entered the warehouse 
So inside the warehouse, Morin's men were confronted by these said policemen. Since it, they thought it was like you know a routine bust, they followed all the instructions lined up uh, against the wall, you know, with their hands showing and whatever. Got ready to be checked, and well, uh, to their surprise, they were greeted with bullets, bullets from a Thompson submachine gun, killing six of the seven men almost immediately. Frank Kassenberg, despite having 22 bullet wounds, survived the attack, but later died at the Alexian Brothers Hospital. After the attack, the uniformed men marched their plain-clothed accomplices out of the front door with their hands raised in the air, just in case anyone was watching. You know, they tried to make it like a movie scene, like, "Hey, we did arrest people," and you know, piled up into the police wagon and drove away, and were never to be found again. Or they didn't even know who these people were. So when Frank, uh, there was another interesting thing that I read about Frank when he went to the hospital, they asked him, you know, who were the people that did this to you, and he vowed silence. So in other words, omitri, I guess that's what it calls like this vow of silence between gangsters and mobsters that whatever said and done, they are not going to reveal who done that to whom. It's like a sign of respect or something. Anyway, uh, this basically brought Al Capone in the spotlight as George Bugs Morin knew Capone wanted him killed and pegged the crime on him right away. Only Capone kills like that, he told the authorities, although he had no concrete evidence. So Capone, however, was in Florida, and his henchman Meckern also had an alibi of his own. So no one was really tried for this mob slaying, and no one really got, you know, they didn't find the killer at the end of it. The plan, however, was said to be uh, formed by a bootlegger loyal to Capone, who would draw Morin and his gang to the warehouse under the pre- pretense that they would be receiving a shipment of smuggled whiskey for a price that proved too good to be true. The delivery was set for the red brick warehouse again at two one two two North Clark Street at ten thirty a.m. on Valentine's Day. Meanwhile, Capone would be far away from the attack at Florida, spending time at his home in uh, Florida. The plan was said to be probably devised by Capone's henchman, Machine Gun Jack McCon. You know, the one that had an alibi of his own. It is also said that Pete and Fang Gusenberg wanted to kill a uh, machine gun, but you know, however, that did not seem. It did not happen. But yeah, it was simply devilishly clever. But Capone's primary target was Bugs, and Bugs escaped. So you know that's why it got labeled as somewhat of a failure. The newspaper instantly picked up on the crime and dubbed it as the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. The story appeared on front pages around the country, which made Capone a nationwide celebrity of some sorts. So yeah, you know you get why it's blown up because of Valentine's Day, and it was such a big sensation in the 1930s. Uh, and you know while. Capone seemed to reveal in his new fame. He had also a great deal of newfound attention that he had to deal with from federal law enforcement officials. This newfound fame resulted in Capone being charged with 22 accounts of tax evasion. During a highly publicized case, he was con- uh, convicted and sentenced to 11 years in federal jail. 
Capone showed signs of neurosyphilis. That is like, oh, I think I'm not really sure. I read up about it, but I kind of forgot. Early in his sentence, and became increasingly uh, debilitated uh, before being released. And almost um, eight years after his incarceration, he died of a cardiac arrest after suffering a stroke. Now. You might be wondering what was the motive behind the Valentine's Day massacre was it just your regular gang wars kind of similar let me tell you more descriptively what exactly happened bugs fought bitterly with scarface for control of smuggling and trafficking operations in chicago throughout the 1920s both survived several attempted murders on one occasion, Morin and his associates drove six cars past a hotel where Capone and his associates were having lunch and showered the building with more than 1,000 bullets. A 50,000 bounty on Capone's head was the final straw for the gangster and he ordered that Morin's gang be destroyed. This ultimately led to the Valentine's Day massacre, obviously. And although formally the mastermind behind the murders was never really found, it's safe to assume that we all know what really happened. This case was so sensationalized that in 1967, a movie was made out of it called The St. Valentine's Day Massacre. You can go check it out. And I'm pretty sure that you know or at least heard about the movie Scarface that was loosely based on you guessed that right, the infamous Al Capone. So you know, gang activities, mobs and stuff ultimately lead you to having a movie based about you, at least loosely based about you. Uh, and with that being said, it brings us to the end of today's episode. Hope you liked it and you know, managed to see Valentine's Day for what it really is. So. If you're sad and lonely this Valentine's Day, remember, you can be sad and lonely every other day too and do not give Valentine's Day the satisfaction and credit of being the only day you feel it extra. So yeah, that being said, treat every treat yourself and everyone else with kindness and you know, the drill. If you want to, to share some stories or you got a story that you think I should cover, um, hit me up on idkwithsg at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram at idkw Samantha George. So yes, uh, catch me next Thursday, hopefully with another banger of an episode. And yes, see you when I see you. Bye.